This episode is sponsored by ByHeart. And I feel like I need to preface what I'm going to say with this. I'm a huge advocate of breastfeeding. Anyone who knows me well knows that nursing is something I believe in. And all five of our biological children were breastfed until they were 19 to 23 months old. However, we also have fostered and adopted, and I've been so grateful for formula companies in those situations. I'm also grateful for formula companies because our last two biological children, I really struggled with my supply and did all the things, spent so much time and effort, and just was never able to produce enough for them to be able to gain weight and not be hungry. And so I was so grateful for companies like Byheart. Byheart is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. Using the latest in breast milk science, Byheart created a clinically proven, easy to digest infant formula that's made with organic, grass-fed whole milk, certified clean ingredients, and features a patented protein blend that gets closest to breast milk. They're made with certified clean ingredients. It has no soy, corn syrup, GMOs, or palm oil. Curious about Byheart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com forward slash podcast with code crystal for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. So go to byheart.com forward slash podcast and use crystal to get your welcome offer. Welcome to the Crystal Pain Show, where we help you embrace your life right where you are and give you practical steps to get to where you want to go. Whether you are in your car, folding laundry, cooking, cleaning, or maybe even just enjoying a cup of coffee and a few minutes of quiet, we're so glad you're joining us today. Here's your host, wife, mother of four, foster mom, entrepreneur, and author, Crystal Payne. Welcome to another episode of the Crystal Pain Show. Some of you who religiously listen to the podcast and who have written in and ask, yes, we were gone the last two weeks, but Jesse, we did not plan to be taking the last two weeks off. We had planned to take one week off, but mm-hmm. we were going to give you a heads up. But then <laughs> we didn't get to record a podcast because... You and I were quarantined in different parts of the house, quarantined from one another. Yep. So we couldn't sit in the same room to record a podcast. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We want to share about our experience with COVID. And our experience is possibly a little bit different than most people's experience with COVID. In fact, I don't think anyone that I've heard from, although maybe after we record this and share this, we will hear from some people who have (laughs) had a similar experience, but ours isn't your typical COVID story. I'll give you a little teaser. Apparently we had COVID and we didn't know we did, but it wasn't just recently, like in the last two weeks. Is that enough of a teaser? Yes. We'll share more in a little while. First off though, We, in addition to being quarantined and dealing with an unexpected COVID experience, we also ended up getting to get out of quarantine and go on our trip that we go on, well, every single year Mm -hmm. with my whole extended family. We, I think, were there 28 people there this year? I didn't count, but there was a lot. I didn't count. There are a lot. And there are 
three pregnant mothers. So we're going to have any even more people next year. But for 20 years, my side of the family has been going to these cabins on Bolshoe Lake near Mountain Home, Arkansas. And um, so this year we got to go. We didn't think we were going to get to, but then it it all worked out. It was We weren't there as long as we usually are, but I was so grateful that we got to go. Also, while I was driving, because I ended up driving separately, Jesse drove ahead because he was out of quarantine and I still wasn't. More details on that coming later in the podcast. But I drove separately. And while I was driving, I finished listening to The President is Missing, the audiobook that Jesse, you talked about, was it three weeks ago? Yeah, must have been. And you recommended that I listen to. And I think this may only be the second book that you've brought up on the podcast that I've said, oh, that sounds really interesting. I want to actually listen to it. And I actually did. (laughs) Did you like it? It was very well narrated. They did a very good job. I'd never heard of a podcast, or not a podcast, an audio book that was done like that one had been done. So it was with multiple narrators, which I don't know if I've talked about on the podcast. I know I've talked about on my blog how I love audiobooks that have multiple narrators, and they were high-profile narrators. They weren't just... Right. They weren't just voice actors. They were actually actors. So I guess that means they're actors plus voice actors now, but... Mm -hmm. It was very well done. I thought it was very engaging. It was kind of one of those that it passed a lot of time on the seven-hour drive there and back. And I didn't listen to it at 1.5. I listened to it at 1.25. And I found it very engaging. You didn't want to turn it off. You Mm -hmm. wanted to see where it was going to lead. And for the longest time, I really didn't know where it was going to lead. And I love that. I love that when books have multiple storylines going on, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of depth. It's, you know, the character development and you're like, I don't know. I haven't figured this out. And it's one of those books also that you can't really listen to while you're doing something else because you'll miss something. That's true. Because I did miss some parts that you then were like, yeah, what did you think about that? I was like, Oh, I didn't even catch that. So (laughs) yes. Um, like we talked about, not on the podcast, but just you and I, maybe is one of those books that if you read it, it you might, mm-hmm. you know, because I think sometimes when you're listening, you're also multitasking. And so mm-hmm. there's a lot of depth to it. I will say the, my only critique, well, I have two critiques. One of them was I felt like it was about two hours too long. I feel like there were some sections that could have been condensed. Um, I didn't like, oh, wait, this is three critiques. I didn't like also that they told who the, is it protagonist? Is that the fancy word that you would say? Um, I don't know. The person who is the mole. That's probably not protagonist. Well, that being word, the antagonist. See, I was trying to use a big word like you, and I'm like, what is pro (laughs) antagonist? That's the bad person, and pro is the good person? Yeah, but in this case, it wasn't necessarily an antagonist. Okay. We'll just say the mole. They told, I feel like the huge part of the storyline of this book was who is the mole that is in the president's kind of inner circle. There's Mm -hmm. a mole. And they gave, I kind of figured it out. Yeah, I did too. And it took me a long time into Mm -hmm. the book before I figured it out, but I did. And then they told who it was 
And then there was still quite a bit of book left. And Mm -hmm. I feel like it would have made it more interesting if that wouldn't have come out maybe until the very end, because I feel like there's a way that they could have done it, that it would have been like a real kind of knee jerk. Whoa, that was not what I was expecting because it wasn't the person that, okay, I'm not going to give away too many things. It wasn't the person that you would have initially thought that it was. Or the other thing is I feel like they could have led you to believe it was three different people. Right. The, The misdirection was not very misdirecting. Yes. And then the other thing, my third critique would be that it got into a lot of political rhetoric at the very end. There was a speech that was given before Congress by this president and Bill Clinton was one of the writers. And so a lot of his political views came into this speech, but it felt like all of a sudden you were reading a political book, Mm -hmm. not a fiction novel. And Mm -hmm. so I just felt like that could have been toned down. Whether you agree or disagree, it just felt out of place. It really did. It it kind of stuck out like a sore thumb, though. It was very interesting and ironic that some of the parts of the book that uh, when Bill Clinton was the author. Yes, like the impeachment and Mm -hmm. different things like that. It was just, I found it, I enjoyed it because knowing that he had actually been a president. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people who would be writing a book on, you know, like trying to get into the mind of a president wouldn't really fully be able to get into their mind and know what it was like to walk in their shoes. And so I thought that that was really cool Mm -hmm. for it to be written, co-authored by an actual president. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's saving my life this week? I, (laughs) um, well, it's called going to the dentist. Oh, I thought it was something else. Oh, wait, what did you think it was going to be? Oh, baby shark. (laughs) Baby shark. Yes. Baby shark is also saving my life. I think we may have, I'm trying to remember if we mentioned that on a recent podcast, Kirsten is obsessed with baby shark. No, I think it was the hour long baby shark that you found that's saving your life. Yes. Because I drove to Arkansas, like I said, seven hours with just Kirsten and I'd never driven that long. The longest I'd ever driven somewhere was three hours to Knoxville and then also to drive with a 15 month old in Mm -hmm. the back where I couldn't get back there to help her. And there was nobody that was back there with her. So you had, you know, we had the mirrors that I could see her, but then you um, finagled this thing. So iPad holder Mm -hmm. so that then I, she could watch something and really the only thing she wanted to watch. She's not really into movies. She likes Rachel and the Tree Schoolers, we've talked about that, but this, she was still kind of recovering and sort of still grumpy. And so the only thing that did the trick was the one hour long <laughs> loop on repeat of Baby Shark. And by the way, Baby Shark, this is on YouTube, Baby Shark, I figured out is I think two minutes and 10 seconds. So 60 minutes, I listened to Baby Shark. A lot of times, a lot of times in the car, but for a long time, it kept her quiet. And so, yes, baby shark saving my life. But the the thing that I was going to talk about is going to the dentist because Jesse, I don't know kind of what got into you to decide to set up dentist appointments for both of us, but we my would, teeth were hurting and my teeth felt just that feeling of like, they just need to be clean. Mm-hmm. And I thought that I had gone 
about two years ago, maybe a little mm-hmm. over two years ago. So I was thinking, yeah, I really need to go. Cause usually I go very regularly every six months. The longest I would really ever go, I think is maybe a year, maybe I've gone a year and mm-hmm. a half when we were in between, like we moved and we were finding a new dentist or something. But I get into the dentist and they're like, I had to fill out all this paperwork. And I was like, I've already gone to this dentist before. What is the deal? And then I get in there and they're like, so what brings you in today? And I was like, (laughs) to get my teeth cleaned. I haven't been in for a while. I think it's been like two years. And they looked on their records and they said, actually, you haven't been here since 2016. (laughs) So basically they needed to get out the heavy duty power tools to fix the situation going on in my mouth. Did they use um, a chisel on your teeth to get all the stuff? Basically off? they, they use this. I didn't even tell you they use this special. I can't even remember what it's called now, but it was a special pick and mm-hmm. thing that we had to pay extra for it. But my teeth were so bad. They showed me up on, cause they took all the x-rays and stuff and they showed me it. Yeah, it was bad. They needed a lot of help, but they were very concerned. They kept asking me, do you have a really sensitive mouth? Because this is a pretty intense procedure. And if you have a really sensitive mouth, you're probably not going to be able to endure this. And I wanted to be like, well, I birthed four kids naturally, but I mean, I know your mouth and yeah. other places are not the same. Is it like a little jackhammer? Uh, it was this thing that sprayed out this really minty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did that on mine too thing uh and then it had like it was a big long mm-hmm. and it, it sounded it sounds like a drill yes uh, but i thought it's when they first were telling me about it i thought it was going to be the usual yeah i was really surprised thing. they didn't use the scraping tool and then they oh they 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 used the scraping tool on me as well because oh, we, mine weren't very bad. i was in there for an hour and a half it was yes and they kept telling me just so you know Usually at a regular checkup, it doesn't take this long. (laughs) Anyway, word to the wise, don't go for over five years with going to the dentist and make those appointments and actually follow through. I don't even know how we dropped the ball on this one because the kids go to the dentist all the time. You Mm -hmm. went to the dentist. It was two years. Yeah. So I think something came up in my appointment. We canceled. I don't even know. I think it was and we just didn't ever reschedule it. And two years, five years, felt like two years. Yep. We have gotten a lot of listener feedback, and I know I want to get to telling the story, but first I have to share just a little bit of the listener feedback that we have gotten. So first off, Jesse, someone gave me this tip that I did not know that when you go into Libby, because you have started to use Libby mm-hmm. for audiobooks from the library, you can get them for free. Do you know that you can choose how long you're going to download it for? Do you know they give you options? Mm-mm. I didn't know this either. And um, Jason Young wrote in and said that you could, and he showed me how whenever you go to borrow it, It says 14 days, but if you tap on the 14 days before Uh you hit borrow, you can drop it down to 21 days. I didn't know that. I thought it was a great tip. And so, yes, I'm definitely going to be doing that because sometimes, I mean, 14 days, a lot of times I could get through an audiobook in a lot less than 14 days, but sometimes life happens and things come up or I'll have multiple audiobooks come available at once and I don't want to push one off. And so it's just 
yeah, it's mm-hmm. nice to have that. So I didn't know that. Also, we got this message. This is from Alice. She said, I've been following you since I got married in 2010 and needed lots of cheap meal ideas and coupon pies. You definitely got us through some very rough financial times. And we are still shocked that early in our marriage, we were able to get all our groceries, paper products, personal care products for about $60 a week. She said she's in a very different season of life now, but she's really thankful for the podcast and also for Love Centered Parenting, my book. She said, I listened to your audiobook on Hoopla at 1.25 speed, and it was perfect. So we were talking about what it would be like to listen at 1.5 or 1.25 because I recorded it, and you just always assume people are, Mm -hmm. you know, going to listen to it. Can you record it at (laughs) 1.5? Somebody was telling me recently how they think that you actually, probably if you're narrating an audiobook, you just talk more slowly Hmm. than you would because you're reading. And they are very particular when I was in the studio of the cadence. And if I was speeding up at all or slowing Mm -hmm. down, they would call it out so that I would stick with the cadence. I don't know exactly how they are. I think it's like how many words I'm reading per minute or something like that. And so they know if I'm speeding up or slowing down. But anyway, she listened to it at 1.25 speed. And she also said, I just finished listening to your twins podcast And I wanted to say thank you for your words at the end about trusting God in the new and challenging ways that He calls us to. We recently started the adoption process for a domestic infant. It is something we have felt called to for a long time, and God has opened all the right doors for it in this season. I am equal parts thrilled and terrified, but I believe that if we are open to whatever God has for us, He will also give us the strength and grace for each moment. Anyway, your words meant so much and were just what I needed. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you, Alice, for that. It really blessed me just hearing from you all and hearing how the podcast encourages you, makes you laugh, makes you think something that you did as a result of listening. We just always love hearing from you. So you can send an email if you have any type of listener feedback, including constructive criticism. We welcome that as well to crystal at moneysavingmom.com. I've got more listener feedback, but I'm going to read one more and then we'll save the rest for next time. This is from Crystal. She said, I like your name, by the way. She said, I just listened to the podcast and have to know, what is wrong with Hotmail? Do you remember when we were talking about Hotmail and you were kind of talking about how, does anybody have Hotmail? She said, it's all I use. And now I'm a bit self-conscious about it. (laughs) Is this like side parts and skinny jeans? She also said, I totally agree with the reader about Airbnb. We started staying in them and don't see going back to hotels anytime soon. It's so awesome to have a whole house, full kitchen, free laundry facilities. And we've had ones that had a lot of other cool features in ground pool, hot tub, movie theater room, etc. Even with fees, our per night cost is usually, did you just yawn? You just yawned. Dude. Can you read it? Time and a half. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I was like, I don't think they can edit that yawn out. Okay. Back to what I was saying. Even with fees, our per night cost is usually less or very comparable. We just took a big road trip and stayed 13 nights in seven different Airbnbs. There are a lot that don't require more than one night stay between Indiana and Wyoming. They went to Yellowstone. So. Oh, cool. Did she say where they stayed? Just that they stayed in Airbnbs between Indiana and Wyoming. So. Want to go back? Yeah, and that was a great tip on some of them. Like we were talking about, we don't usually find that you can just stay for one night. So Mm -hmm. it's making me want to make sure that we're always looking at the Airbnb option every time that we're booking hotels. All right, I'll save the rest of the listener feedback for later. 
because we have a story to share. You <laughs> feel like I'm like setting up this anticipation up, for, for COVID and I'm like, okay, so I, I don't think it's a, an exciting story, but it's definitely a unique story. Mm-hmm. So it starts back, um, I think about six weeks ago. I need to go back and verify for sure. But mm-hmm. one of my friends, she's a single mom, she has four kids and um, she texted me one morning and I told me that she was in the hospital and she was there with appendicitis and she was getting ready to go into surgery to get her appendix out. And I was texting with her and I said, is anybody at the hospital with you? And found out, no, she had driven herself to the hospital. She was there by herself. And I called you real quickly and I said, can can I just drop everything and go up to the hospital and Mm -hmm. be with her that day? So I did. And um, I was just grateful to be able to be there and have the flexibility to be able to do that. And it was just such a reminder to me about, you know, single moms and amazing. They're amazing, but that we need to come around and support them. And so anyway, three days later, she texted me again. She'd gotten out of the hospital. She was home. She texted me and said, I can't smell anything. And I have a little bit of a congestion and just not feeling very well, but she was recovering from surgery. And so we thought, well, it could just be to recover from surgery. But we were like, yeah, you probably should go and, you know, you should get a COVID test. And so she was able to go get tested for COVID and she was positive. And so then I was really careful watching myself for symptoms since I had been with her the whole day. We're like, we don't know when she got it, but where else should she? Could, could she have gotten it? She had to have gotten it at the hospital because she then she went straight home and mm-hmm. she didn't see anybody else who, you know, had COVID or anything. And so I waited, you know, for a number of days. I never had any symptoms. And so I thought, okay, well, I was there with her all day and somehow she got COVID, which I mean, appendicitis and COVID at the same time, not fun. Yeah. But yeah, well, come to find out, Apparently, I gave her COVID. <laughs> yeah, so such a good friend. So fast forward, then two weeks ago, it, actually it was two and a half weeks ago, we had been at a baseball tournament all weekend and it was Sunday morning, Kirsten had woken up and she had two little bug bite looking things on her forehead. I watched them. I didn't really, I was like, yeah, she must have. I mean, something in the night bit her, I mean, or just Mm -hmm. some little, you know, sometimes kids get like little, it wasn't even a rash. It was just like two little spots. Mm -hmm. And there was, I checked the rest of her. There was nothing else. So we went to the baseball tournament. She acted totally normal, happy, cheerful, had a great day. It was a great baseball tournament. And then I came home. I'm trying to remember if we were in two separate cars. Anyway, I think you went out with her after the baseball tournament. You dropped us off. Then you went out with her and just ran some errands or something. And when you got home, so it was an hour later, you got home. She'd been totally fine in the car. Everything was fine. You got home and you got her out of her car seat and she was all red and really warm. Her ears were burning pretty bad. And so then we kind of took her clothes off and she had what we thought were hives. Mm Mm-hmm. And it was about three-fourths of her body, and it was really bothering her. And, you know, 
you and I both had hives as kids. And really when bad. I and when I had hives, I would run a fever. So we didn't think a lot about it, except for that she was really, really bothered by them. Like they were acting like, and so we were thinking, is she having an allergic reaction? Because mm-hmm. it wasn't a high fever, it was just a little low fever. And so I none of our kids had ever had hives to this extent. Which is amazing, yeah. And so I thought, maybe it's an allergic reaction. And we kind of were thinking, what did she you know, eat? What was she around? Is there anything that she had that was any bit different that she could have had an allergic reaction to? We couldn't come up with anything. But we ended up, she was acting whenever I was nursing her. She was acting a little bit weird. Like it was a little struggle for her to nurse. And so we just were concerned about her throat. So we thought, mm-hmm. you called the nurse and she told us to go to this walk-in clinic because it was Sunday evening. And the nurse and the after hours at our pediatrician. And so we went there and they kind of confirmed what we had thought. Uh, you know, they said that, I mean, do you, did they say it was some kind of allergic reaction? Mm-hmm. They thought it was an allergic reaction and plus a that the fever was a reaction to a virus, and but that they weren't related. So they kind of thought she had two different things going mm-hmm. on. So they gave her Benadryl and I'm trying to remember if they gave her anything else. I don't believe so. And at that point, like she walked into the clinic, she was smiling at them. You know, she was uncomfortable, but she Mm -hmm. wasn't inconsolable at all. Like she was interacting with them and talking and and happy at Mm -hmm. this point overall. And so we took her home and she had a fairly rough night. It wasn't terrible, but, you know, she had hives and, uh, but the Benadryl did seem to help her sleep. And then she woke up. I think it was at three or four in the morning. And then her fever was higher mm-hmm. and she seemed worse. And so that was concerning to us. And then by the morning, like by 9 a.m., her rash, it had kind of it had gone from hives, then it also was rash. And so it was like there were raised spots, but then also really dark, dark red in mm-hmm. big patches. And now it had kind of moved where it was almost her entire body. And there were still a little bit of section that didn't have, but for the most part, her entire body had either rash or hives or both on it. And her fever, you know, we had given her some medicine to try to help her fever go down. And it seemed like it just really wasn't really affecting her a lot. And it just, she was just acting more and more like she just was itching and scratching. Very miserable. Very, Mm -hmm. very upset. There was hardly anything that we could do to distract her. We tried a lot of different things and really the only thing would be nursing or, um, I would lay in the bathtub with her because we did a baking soda bath for her and we tried to spray stuff like different sprays for anti-itch and she was just really miserable. And so we called the pediatrician because I felt like something's something's not right. I need a second opinion. And so we ended up taking her in. Well, actually we had a... We already had appointments. We had an appointment already. For, not for her, but for... Mm-hmm. Um, we just tagged her on. Yeah. So, and so she, as soon as she walked, she didn't walk in, we were holding her. As soon as they saw her, they knew something was really wrong. I mean, they were, every single person there was kind of in shock of mm-hmm. how bad her rash was and how bad she was acting because they it see was, her uh, it was, regularly. And it was also starting to get discolored. So, and and we hadn't seen that before. It was only when we were in the office. Yes. By the time we got to the office, 
And then her fever had spiked up to 104. And um, then she had these, it was weird. It was these dark purple and almost brown spots that were in the rash and it would change, but it was, it was this really dark, weird coloration that was happening. And she was just, I mean, she just, it was like kind of flailing and just, there was nothing we could do to even, I mean, baby shark wasn't working. Nursing wasn't working, nothing. And they've, they've seen her a lot. They know how she is. And they were like, this is not okay. And so they looked at her more and everything. And finally then just really felt like we needed to go into the hospital and get more testing done. So uh, we go into the hospital and that was just, it was hard because they wanted to put an IV in her because she was really dehydrated at this point and she had, she was throwing up and she had diarrhea then. I mean, it was like, it just kept getting worse. And so just getting, they needed to take blood and just getting the IV in her, oh, it was yep. a challenge. And any parent who has had a young child who is already like at their breaking point because they're so sick, then trying to get that IV in, I, I'm trying to remember how many people ended up taking. Two, four people helping total. That's what, yes. Um, like they had to use two different two different groups of two yes coming in to try to get it to work and but finally got that in and um then you know they were running the blood work and um testing everything and so then they came in and what did you think when they came in well by the fact that the lady was wearing a spacesuit you knew it was bad so your viral results came back and we got to transport you and it was just, I think we had, I don't even know what we were expecting. Like if mm-hmm. there was anything that we had, I don't know. And and I know that when we left for the hospital, I know our kids were saying, is she going to be okay? You know, and I really felt like at that point, yes, she's very sick, but she's going to be okay. But I think deep down there was this part of me that was feeling like, this is basically the sickest that any of our children have ever been. Mm-hmm. Something's really wrong. And it's getting progressively worse. And I started to think in worst case scenarios. And so then when they came in and she has on this hazmat type of suit and she's telling us she tested positive for COVID, that just was honestly that COVID was not anything I had ever even considered. And I think some of it was also because we'd already been into a walk-in clinic and seen multiple people there. And we'd been into the pediatrician's office and multiple people had come in and not one of them had ever mentioned testing for COVID. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was just not like, I guess you just always assume like the medical professionals, they would know the things to test for. And and they mentioned lots of different things, but COVID was never one of the things. And so. Well, I think that the one facility that we went to our our primary care, I don't think that that they do COVID testing, but. Yeah, it was interesting because looking back, the order. it was interesting that urgent care did not test her mm-hmm. for COVID or strep. Like those were two things that a lot of people, when I posted just a little bit on Instagram story and showed a little bit of her rash, I really, there was so many, many, much, much worse pictures. We decided not to share those with the internet just because 
I just want to protect your privacy. Mm -hmm. And, but the little, little bit that I did share a lot of people then later on, I wasn't able to go through messages, but then later on, they were surprised that they wouldn't have just automatically thought to do a COVID test and a strep Mm -hmm. test. And they didn't. So that was odd to us, but I think maybe it was because she was so little Mm -hmm. and it wasn't like any of the rest of us had any symptoms. None of us had been sick. So it just wasn't, I think if she had been seven or 10 or 20, that's what they probably would have on, you know, instantly thought of that or something. I don't know. So then they tell us that, you know, she's really sick and they need to transport her to another hospital that has better facilities for COVID. They felt like that she needed to be watched for a few days. They were going to need to transport her by ambulance. And it was just like, it all happened so quickly. And yet at the same time, I just remember, I just, it took me like five hours to really process the information Mm. and we didn't share it with anybody for a while because I think we were just in so much shock. She also tested positive for rhinovirus, which can be really dangerous for young children. Our little champ, when he was in the NICU, he had rhinovirus. And so I kind of had learned some of like for little babies, how dangerous it can be. But I think it was just that, that COVID diagnosis that we had so much planned for the next two weeks. Mm -hmm. Our kids had so much going on. There were so many, many, many things. It was one of those weeks that I looked at the calendar and been like, and this was Monday. And I had looked at the calendar that week and been like, I don't really even know how we're going to do Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then we're leaving for a trip. Like it was Mm -hmm. so packed with so many different things. And there were a lot of things that our kids were really excited about and looking forward to. And it was just that, like, what are we going to do? Because we have to cancel everything and we're not going to be able to go on the trip. And my dad has already, he's the one that pays for it all. And he'd already booked it, you know, a year out or something and paid for it. And there were just so many things going through my head. And, but then also like, wait, hold up. What, what does this even mean for Kirsten and for us? And so they transported us by ambulance. I got to ride with her in the ambulance, um, which that was my very first time to ever have that kind of experience, um, transferred us to the other hospital And what was weird is when we got to that hospital, supposedly they had gone ahead, like they had called ahead and told them that we were Mm -hmm. coming and all of that. But somehow something got lost somewhere because when we got there, then they didn't have a room for us at first. And then when they put us in this room, like I heard the EMT transfer over all the information to them. And when they got to the part of, you know, she tested positive for COVID, they stopped and they're like, wait, what? And so somehow that didn't get communicated Mm. from one hospital to the other hospital because they were very surprised. And then immediately they had to go out of the room and they had to gown all up and do all the COVID protocol stuff. And so that was just, it was weird. There was, Mm. and later on, then we found out it seems like something, there was some miscommunication that happened because from what we understand and what our pediatrician has told us looking at the records, the one hospital believed that they were very concerned that she had MIS-C, which mm-hmm. is multi-system inflammatory syndrome, syndrome in children. Mm-hmm. And it comes after you've had COVID. So you've had COVID 
and then it shows up later. And it's a very, very dangerous thing. It can be fatal and you need to, that's why they wanted her to be watched because you need to be observed and it can attack your different organs and all of that. Um, But we didn't know any of this. Mm -hmm. So they were just acting a little bit more kind of, you know, not like they were acting like she was very sick, but they weren't acting as concerned concerned Mm -hmm. as the other hospital. And we now believe it's probably because none of her tests and blood work, none of that got transferred to the new hospital. And so they were just looking at her and saying, well, she's really sick, but you know, they said, all we can really do is give her things that are going to help keep her comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so we can give you that medication to take home and use at home. And then you can just, these are the things to look for. They're like, you can stay. We're totally fine for you to be admitted and stay and all that. But she might be more comfortable and you might be more comfortable at home if we just give you all the medication. And so they observed her and watched her for quite a while. They put fluids in her. They gave her more medication, kind of figured out what medication to give her that kind of helped her to be a lot more calm um, as far as that the itching wasn't so bad, that her fever wasn't so high. Um, But then they let us go home. I think it was a little after midnight. And um, looking back, if we had known all the things we knew, we would have never gone home. But we didn't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... We came home and then she was really sick. I would say the next two days, she was really sick and really, really miserable, continuing to just like itch until she bleed. She would bleed and try to pull her hair out because she itched so badly, but she did find some comfort in nursing. And so basically for three days, that's pretty much what I did. (laughs) Which actually turned out to be a blessing. So. And so as we were thinking through all of these things and just kind of being hit with this news of COVID and we were so confused because like, how come she has it and we don't, we started thinking back Mm -hmm. and realizing, well, actually the majority of us were really sick one weekend. Mm -hmm. And then that was the same week that then I'd gone up to the hospital and three days later, my friend had gotten positive COVID test and she'd gotten COVID. But when we were sick, we, you know, we had talked about like, could this be COVID? But then we kept, you could, we could both smell and taste. Like Mm -hmm. we literally kept like putting food and stuff that smelled, you know, and saying, can you taste this? Can you smell this? Yeah. So we're like, okay, well, but Kirsten had been pretty sick. Um, I mean, it was just, she'd had a high fever, but she didn't ever act. It was nothing like this sickness. It was just like, that's all we both had, both had was a high fever. And I had one night where I threw up. Um, but, um, and Caitlin had been, she was very sick as well, but it was a really short lived sickness. And Mm -hmm. then I feel like it was two days and then, I mean, four, but I'm like two days where you had a, a higher fever, Mm-hmm. And both of us had like 103 fever. But I think because every family that we've known that they've had COVID, at least one or two people in their home have either lost their lost taste their and taste smell, smell or both. And so I think because none of us did, we just thought, oh, it's just one of those sicknesses that, you know, just fever, eggs mm-hmm. and chills. And we really didn't um, because and it presented the same way for 
All of us, except for I was the only one that one time in the middle of the night, all of a sudden I just got really sick for like five or six hours and threw up. Mm -hmm. But everybody else was just presented the same way. So you said, let's go and get antibody testing. And so um, you guys went and got antibody testing. Mm -hmm. I was quarantining with Kirsten and you all had antibodies, except for Catherine, who didn't get sick Mm -hmm. when we were sick. So... Apparently, we had COVID and we didn't know it. (laughs) Yep. The good news is we were basically not around anyone during that time period because we had canceled pretty much anything. Mm -hmm. And so there was only one family that we had been around and they had already all had COVID. And then my friend, it was two days after my fever was gone that I went up to the hospital. And so I thought I was good because I mean, I had waited 48 hours and I, but no, it was not good because I had COVID. So I went then later and got my antibody testing done. And what was interesting is you guys all had very high levels. Yeah. Caitlin's was pretty high. Mine was not as high, but it was high. And Silas actually had them. Which he and never, he never was sick. got sick that we know of. Yeah. So, but mine were way low. Well, it was positive. Like yes, that yes, you yes. had them. I had antibodies, but the but the number that was given was was pretty low. Yes, compared to what yes. you guys had. And so we are just wondering, and we'd love to hear from you guys if anyone knows this. Um, if because I nursed her for three days, it was like my body was helping her fight whatever she had and giving all my antibodies to her something. That's what we, you know, it's like, I don't know, but it kind of seemed interesting. I kind of like to go get my antibodies tested in maybe four to six weeks or something Mm -hmm. to see if they've gone back up again. But yes, so we are just really grateful. It wasn't until two days later that I was able to go through all of my messages and that's when people started saying, hey, my child had Misty and had the same kind of rash. You really need to look into it. So we started researching it. We called our Mm -hmm. pediatrician and then she started looking into things and that's when she kind of uncovered all of this that it was, you know, realizing that there was some miscommunication and we're just so grateful to the Lord for allowing you know, we didn't know, mm-hmm. and we're just grateful that God protected Kirsten and that, I don't know, three days of nursing and thousands of people around the country and world praying for her mm-hmm. that she recovered. And then within, so five days, she was she was really sick for three days. And then the last two, um, she was getting steadily better. And then I would say by day six, she was almost back to her normal self. Mm -hmm. It probably took her a good week to really be like totally back to her normal energy level and everything. And then it took her a few more days of, she was kind of grouchy, but um, we got to go to Bull Shoals with all of my family. And I was just grateful that she got to experience that. And she was by then just so happy and she's just back to her normal self. Mm -hmm. So we're really grateful. We are going to go in and get um, testing more blood work done and get um, testing done. She's going to get, she's going to cardiology and that sort of thing just to make sure. But it seems as if she's okay. Mm-hmm. So there's our unique COVID story called We Had COVID and We Didn't Know It. Um, I guess the moral of the story uh, would be two things. Number one, if you're sick, 
maybe get a COVID test. Now they have them over the counter. You can get them at Walgreens and Mm -hmm. CVS. And from what I understand, they're very accurate. You can, they recommend that if you get a positive test, you go in and get the, you know, more high end test or something, but um, they're quite accurate. And I think they're about $15 each. Um, yeah, that one. We is. stocked up on some just to, just to have them. For I a guess. Pack of two. And they have uh, another one that's like one hundred and thirty dollars. Yes, but they have. And so, if you are sick, go ahead and just test so mm-hmm. that you don't accidentally infect other people when you think that you're completely well and you aren't. And then, secondly, if your child. It just, you, you've gotten, you know, you've taken them in once and they've told you it's this and you just in your gut feel like something's not right. Get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Cause we're just really grateful that we were already on the way to the hospital and she was already there at the hospital when she got really bad and just that they were able to then get the fluids in her and get the medicine in her and all of that, because that was exactly what she needed then. And it would have been really scary to be at home trying to deal with mm-hmm. that because she was just so sick. So anyway, thank you. I don't know how to, I don't know how to, there's no good way to wrap this up, but there's our experience with COVID. We would be interested to hear if any of you have a child who has had Miss C. I know it's also, there's a form that is an adult. An adult. Um, That's called Miss A. Yes. And, um, or any other similar experiences, um, we're just still learning and trying to gather information just because we've learned a lot through this and, um, we would love to learn everything that we can and hear other people's experiences. So, like I said earlier, my email address, if you want to give us feedback of any kind is money, crystal at moneysavingmom.com. And just think about what is my email address <laughs> and hopefully if everything goes as we we foresee um we will be back next week have a great week thank you for joining us today for more great resources please visit crystalpain.com 